instead of good evening, it's good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Jason Jones bringing you your latest edition of the Post 82 from the uh, Athletics Throne Room Breakdown. Uh, normally, I record these late at night after a game, try to get things in maybe as close to when the game is over, maybe when my thoughts are a little fresher. But this one here, I you know, blame daylight savings. I was a little tired flying back. Going straight to the game, all that, yada, yada, yada. I know none of y'all care about my little petty travel <laughs> life, but decided to sleep on this one a little bit and wake up on a nice Monday morning to uh, talk about Sunday night's 118-113 loss to the Toronto Raptors. Whole lot of chatter about what happened, discussion amongst the media and fans. And the the clear and obvious place to start with this is uh, Buddy Heald, in my opinion. A lot of questions about, well, why didn't Buddy play that fourth quarter that, down the stretch? What's going on with Buddy? Why didn't Buddy talk to the media after the game? So on and so forth. So let's start with, uh, with that. Uh, Kings needed a three-pointer late and or needed some offense late. Well, actually, here's the thing. They didn't need offense. Kings offense was actually looking looking fine in the fourth quarter. Problem was they gave up 40 points. They scored 39, so that's one thing. But the question became, why didn't Luke Walton get Buddy Heald back in the game? Why didn't he get Buddy back in the game? You needed a three. Why didn't you get Buddy back in the game? And Luke's explanation after the game, you may think it's a bunch of bull, but it was, you know, it was plausible. Hey, I, w- I tried to get him back in, but Bogey got hot. You know, and one thing we've learned from Luke this year is that he will ride the group that's hot, even if that means a starter or a key player has to sit for a while. And true to form, he rode that he rode that group that didn't include Buddy. And the Kings will no almost doesn't count, but considering they were within two points with 27 seconds to go. I don't think that you can look at that and, and say so much that maybe that it's kind of like the old Vince McMahon thing. Did no? Did Brett screw Brett, or did Vince screw Brett? I don't think Luke, Luke screwed Buddy last night. I think uh, for this team to eventually ever be good, you're going to have to make this more about the team and not just about one guy and. Buddy's become a very interesting figure this season. When he doesn't play, there's people who clamor for why didn't Buddy play? Why didn't Buddy play? Why didn't Buddy play? When he does play and say commits a couple of turnovers, takes a couple a questionable shot, commits a foul like 60 feet from the basket when you're in the penalty, people will say, why is Buddy even in the game? So... You kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's like people want Buddy in the game until Buddy's in the game. Or the other way around, people want Buddy out of the game until he's out of the game, and then you say, damn, we need a shooting. Really can't. <laughs> it's it's quite the uh, dynamic. But after the game, Buddy decided he didn't want to talk to the media again. It's kind of become a normal thing for him, which is weird for me as a reporter, just because 
kind of want to reference, you know, it's not that Buddy insulted anyone, but kind of want to reference the uh, old Mike Tyson line. I've been, or probably not just Mike Tyson, but it's probably used by a bunch of people. That I've been called far worse by greater men. And I mean, I said it to say this. Um, Buddy's taking this this kind of this stance of he's not going to talk a lot after games now. And it all started essentially when he wasn't starting the starting anymore. But I'll say this in, in terms of when it comes to being uh, how being being professional, being mature, so on and so forth. I've seen players who were in much worse situations sit there and answer questions on a regular basis. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, I know you guys were all told what a horrible human being he was and how immature he was most nights, and he had some horrible situations to you know in terms of team. He sat there and answered questions. Oh, no, no, I rarely remember him ever saying he wasn't going to talk. You know, I've seen, you know, whether it be NFL, everywhere, you've seen a lot of guys do it, so... I'm big on saying, hey, these guys are human. You're going to give them, you give them a pass here and there. But at some point, this can't be a thing where, where, where Buddy has to realize at some point, this little, this kind of, this thing of, I'm going to be, have an attitude or this and that, or no, don't talk to me. And like I said, and he does it a lot now. And, it, you know, it, it, he has to see what it looks like. It looks like, he looks like he's being immature. He looks like he's being a poor teammate. And I know people are, I'm, I'm, this is not what I'm accusing him, but this is what people say when you see a guy do this. Because you're leaving other guys to answer for you. And, you know, it, 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 it's not a good look for him. And maybe there's someone like, you know, he got an OG to tell him, hey, man, that's not how you handle this, you know. Because especially as the team has been 13-7 and seven without you starting, it's not, it, it does make it look like, you're you're in a funk or you're mad because you're not getting your way. And that's not what Buddy said, but Buddy didn't talk, so people are going to speculate, and that's what it looks like. So, hope Buddy, you know, and the thing is, we all generally, we all like Buddy. Buddy, I think Buddy, he, you know, was a hard worker, good guy, good heart, and you don't want to see a guy... You know, getting that malcontent label, but in a lot of ways, Buddy's also done this to himself. It, it, it started way back in the preseason, the contract stuff. You call your coach out while you're playing bad. You know, mind you, you know, for not trusting you as you're playing bad, and then, you know, and then this happens after, <laughs> as your team is playing better. So hey, it's um, to me, it's a lot to kind of think about. Uh, and I think, uh, I don't think, because I don't believe that what happened to him not playing late was anything I say personal or anything in that, of, that, of the sort. I do think that a, a legit argument could be made that, I mean, probably, you know, that, that Buddy should have been in the game. I'm not, I'm not disputing that Buddy should have been in the game, but I also don't think it was the greatest crime in all of basketball that Buddy was not in the game at that stage. You know, I mean, what? Uh, I said, I definitely would. I would have had him in probably, but then again, I don't. I'm not on the sideline. I don't know the flow. I don't know what they're thinking. You know, I don't know. Maybe uh, Buddy sat too long, but I'll take Luke Walton at his word for his explanation. I don't think Luke's ever just out. Well, well, first off, well, maybe not alive. I don't think he just outright misled people on. You know, but hey, 
Maybe he did. So, but I don't think there's anything, you know, sinister to this. I think Buddy has just, the, the things with Buddy have become so kind of just either you're for Buddy or against Buddy. And I don't think it, it needs to be that way. So, you know, so hey, you know, it is what it is. I, I just really believe that, you know what, it's gonna, it is what it, you know, I think, excuse me, lost my train of thought right there, <laughs> but I, Buddy is definitely an important part of this team, Buddy is needed, and I think that as the season, you know, down this last stretch, Buddy's got to be, gotta, they have had Buddy's head in the game, they got to have Buddy engaged for this team to have its best chance to win, but last night was not lost because Buddy didn't play late this game was lost because the starters um slept walk through the first part of the first quarter needed the bench to save them and again the third quarter needed the bench to save them and also because kyle lowry is damn good the man played damn near an entire fourth quarter with five fouls and i know people are saying how come you couldn't get a fifth foul on lowry here's the thing lowry is pretty damn smart and also, so was Nick Nurse. They did a, to me, they did a great job of hiding him. They put him on Kent Bazemore, and that puts the Kings in this, in this situation. Hey, do we all of a sudden go out of our character and start running things, you know, for Kent Bazemore? You know, and Kent's been a, you know, great addition, but that's not exactly how the Kings run their offense. And basically, Nick Nurse is daring you. He's basically daring you, hey, if you want to run everything through Kent Bazemore, we'll live with that. And it sounds like a good idea until you see the, until the team starts forcing things just to get try to try to get a six foul on Lowry and take itself out of character. So like I say props to props to the Raptors. I mean they're champions over there. Uh, Nick Nurse is a championship coach. Uh, Kyle Lowry, you no know, champion, you no know, NBA champion. Man, they were playing in the finals last year. They've been they've been in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, had deep playoff runs. Last night was light work for him. You know, that's not a big pressure situation. You know, it's a regular season game for them. So, it is what it is. So, I mean, I think I'm going to move off of uh, this, the, uh, the buddy chatter, and let's look forward to this week. Uh, myself and Kenny Carraway will be with you tomorrow. You know, throne room breakdown. We'll sure, we'll touch on some more Buddy Hill talk. Uh, look forward to the big game now on Wednesday against New Orleans. Kings and the Pelicans are tied right now at 28-36. Four games behind Memphis. The Kings obviously need some help to catch the Grizzlies. But they can help themselves by beating the Pelicans on Wednesday. And the season's not over. So, I mean... Uh, to, it's probably a good sign that people were so angry and people were frustrated about the game last night because that meant the Kings were actually playing for something right now. And I know the record was better last year this at this at this point, but at this point, the Kings were already spiraling down. You know, I don't think anyone who was rational thought they were going to make the playoffs at this point just because they were, you know, uh, teams that make the playoffs play their best down the stretch. The Kings were playing their, were playing worse as the stretch went down, than the stretch run of the season. So, I think the Kings are in a good place. I don't think this uh, la- losing to the Toronto Raptors on the second night of a back-to-back 
when the Raptors have been sitting around since uh, Friday. Also, since um, playing your third game in four nights, all those things. I don't think this the loss last night was the worst thing ever. You're still you're still in it. You just got to handle business. Starts Wednesday, taking out, trying to take out the, the the Pelicans. So to me, it is what it is, man. You roll with it. You know, no need to turn the whole buddy thing into some type of you know issue, conspiracy, all that stuff. I think the Kings are in a, just in a fine spot. So it would, obviously it would have been better <laughs> with a win, but. Season that over. Just handle your business on Wednesday. Then everyone will be happy again. Now this thing goes. So y'all know what to do. Y'all know where to find me. Uh, like I said, we'll be back tomorrow. Myself and Kenny doing what we do. Uh, my latest article is up on theathletic.com talking about the possibility of a lineup change with these Kings and their slow starts lately. Uh, Luke said he wasn't going to make a decision last night, obviously. He was going to go through and look at the film. He's going to make a decision just after a loss. But with some of these slow starts, I'm thinking Rashawn Holmes, who has played two games now, goes back into the starting lineup. And this is not blaming Harry Giles. I know we're going to assume this is, like, this is a shot at Harry. But I think if you're talking about a stretch run for the postseason – this isn't the old years where it was all about developing your young guys and getting your young guys, you know, better, trying to win games. And I think if that's the case, you go with your vet, you go with the guy who started most of the season before his injury, you go with Rashawn. So, uh, no word on that if it's official, but don't be surprised if that happens. So, hey, guys, you know, that's what I got, you know. You know where to find me again, Mr. Jones, LBC on Instagram, Mr. underscore Jason Jones on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to catch up and watch Elimination Chamber because I was working yesterday and see what, you know, see what happened <laughs> on the WWE side. Y'all be good out there and we will hear my annoying voice, takes, opinions, yada, and all that good stuff tomorrow. Y'all be good out there and I'm gone.